to see all you guys out there. I don't know. So much welcoming, I don't even know what to do. I don't know how to act. You guys are all so nice to me. All right, well, thank you for coming. It's nice because we got a couple uh, people back tonight that we don't normally get. You know, I want everybody today to thank, thank Ryan because Ryan's serving our country and he's just home for three weeks. Ryan, stand up. Yes, you know, Ryan's in the Air Force serving our country. He's only here for three weeks and then he heads to Japan. So uh, he is uh, on a different path than us. But, you know, uh, we're really happy to have you back. And he took me to lunch today. Ryan's a good guy. I love Ryan. Took me to Mickey's, and that always makes me happy. Um, anyway, I uh, want to welcome you guys. Some of you guys I know have been uh, not been here for a while, and you're kind of back tonight for the, for the first time. Shantae, uh, some others. There we go. Jessica. So it's nice to have you back. And uh, there's still some others that still, you know, it's just a hit and miss thing with youth. We see you from time to time, and then some we don't. <laughs> For a little while again, then we see you again. Um, teaching tonight uh, on perspective and really road work ahead is the uh, title of my message. Um, last night, after prayer, we were driving home to Trey Grove. And one of the things that I noticed when I came into town on Route 52 was there was signs everywhere that were saying caution, you know, road work ahead and all these different things. And, uh, you know, as I kind of pulled up, I'm like, well, there's a lot of signs, but I don't really see anything happening. You know, really was no construction men yet. There was no equipment, nothing like that. You know, no one was really there, of course, at that time of night. And it didn't really look at that there was going to be really any action going on. Just signs, you know, just kind of telling us that there's something coming, but nothing really happening yet. You know, but there was uh, definitely a sign, those signs telling us that, you know, before long there's going to be a lot of action going to be happening there. Troy Grove on Route 52 is horrible. Reed knows, he's traveled it before. I mean, you literally get beat to death. There's a whole center line across the curves that if you get in that thing, your tire, you're about getting your tire ripped off. And you really have to hold on because, I mean, there's sometimes that the steering wheel will nearly get ripped out of your hands. I mean, the roads have gotten really bad. We all know that this last winter was really hard on the roads. A lot of roads have potholes. 52 already sent John's on the village board, so, of course, there was this letter that came to our house saying that they're going to be doing a lot of road construction soon. You know, with that, I have to be honest. When I first saw the signs, I was like, great. Before long, this is going to be a big mess to have to deal with. You know, I was bugged. You know, right off the bat, I was thinking about all the problems that are going to come with this. You know, every time there's construction, there's usually a mess. There's usually things that mean when construction happens, you know there's things to think about with that. You know, <clears throat> right off the bat, I began to think about all these different things about what was going to be an inconvenience for me. Living in Troy Grove, small town, probably going to have to go a different way. Probably not going to be able to go Route 52 no more to 51 and head to Peru. You know, and I was kind of thinking about all these things that you're going to deal with. You know, you're going to be a lot more people, which probably means they're going to direct traffic, and so there'll be a lot more traffic. Asphalt sometimes can be really stinky, a lot of smells. You know, and then the inc inconvenience. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of inconvenience with this whole thing. And, and really, how long is this going to take? How long is it going to take to get done? But then I started to think about how nice it will be when it finally gets done. You know, right now the roads are rough, but before long, you know, you're going to have this opportunity. 
to be driving on nice, smooth roads, smooth as glass. They'll probably last for about six months, but <laughs> for six months we'll have a good road. Um, you know, and you start to think long-term sometimes, even when there's rough things ahead, we start to think that, you know what, it's worth it. Sometimes the, the, the trials, the struggles, the tough times, you can kind of, if you can get a vision for where you're headed and the long-term and the end result, you can kind of go through a lot more tough times. Don't you think that's the way it is in your own life? Not just construction. You know, I think that's a lot of times that's the way it is in our faith with God. I think sometimes in our own faith, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, if you've been a believer, a follower for any length of time, I think sometimes we can see that it's not always easy. I think it takes sometimes a lot more work than we ever thought it was going to. And sometimes you may think, you know, I don't know if it's really worth it. I don't know if it's really worth it to do all this. You know, right now there's a lot of stuff I'm dealing with. You know, a lot of people that don't quite understand. When I say something about God, they have something back to say maybe kind of nasty. Could be even family. Maybe don't quite agree with everything. You know, sometimes it happens that we kind of start to get the impression that maybe things aren't worth it. And uh, we don't think through that final act, that final end result, and see that it really is worth it. It really is worth it. You know, it really truly all lies in our perspective. It can't just be at that moment sometimes that we think about something. We have to think long term. We have to think final result. What's the end game here? We talked about that before in past messages. A lot of times in our own lives, we have to really have a perspective where it is that we're headed. You know, it's something that you need to know. Um, basically, I want you to know that where you see yourself and how you see yourself is going to have a huge effect on who you ultimately really will become someday. You have to have a vision for where you are and who you are to really get to the place that you need to be. You know, I, I've taught a message before in the past about what's your end game. You know, if we're thinking about the end, complete end game, we're going to probably start to make some different decisions. You know, I taught in the, the message, and the idea of a chess match, you know, most chess matches, you know, you think through about three or four moves when you move one piece. A lot of times in life, we aren't that smart. We make one choice, and we think it's not going to have a domino effect in our lives, and it's going to. So, you know, I've been talking to you in this last few weeks. <clears throat> I've been talking to you about some different things, about how we really truly see ourselves. And uh, a few weeks ago, I talked to you about really our faith and how we see ourselves and how there's these th three things that we really need to go off of. We have to know and really judge for ourselves that we're walking in the light. Jesus calls himself the light. If we're walking in the light, we're going to be different people. I told you there's another thing that we can go off of. God's word says in, in John, Second John, I think it is, that um, talks about following God's commandments. These are very basic. I mean, this is not hard. He gave us ten things to think about. Are we following those commandments? If we are, it's going to prove that we really say we are, we are. You know, we're going to say that we're Christians. We're going to be those people if we're following those commandments. And then the last thing that I was speaking to you about was love in the world. A lot of times as Believers, we can really fall into the trap of loving the world a little too much. And uh, in my message just a few weeks was uh, just so there's no confusion. I wanted you to really stop and think about who you truly are. You know, each one of you is look in the mirror every single day. I mean, is there one of you today who did not, no matter what, one time look in the mirror at yourself today? Is there one of you that did not look in the mirror once? 
we, we're very concerned about our appearance, aren't we? We tend to want to make sure that we look good, that we look decent, and that we're put together, that we're putting our best face forward. We all want to give that impression. We all want to look good. But the thing is, we don't really sometimes look at ourselves in a spiritual mirror. Now, if you're not a believer, this may not be important to you. But if you are a believer and a follower, you really need to stop and think about who you truly are and look in that mirror. Last week, I spoke to you about um, basically testing for yourself how it is that you really truly feel about God. And I talked to you about the fact that there's three simple ways that you can think about. And I told you, think about it in your own relationship. You know, basically in testing our attitudes. You know, what's our attitudes toward God? What's our actions? How do we follow up on our faith? You know, it's not just words. It's actions. What kind of a life representation are we doing? And then again, our, our affections. What are our affections of God? You know, when I say I love God, if I really don't do the things that would please God and show love for God, it's really just false. Any relationship that you have in your life, you know, if you tell somebody that you love them, but you don't treat them with respect, you don't treat them with kindness, you don't spend time with them, you don't show affection, people are after a while going to think it's not really true. Same, same thing with God. It's not that odd. It's not that different. So I told you all those things, <clears throat> along with last, uh, the week before his message. And it really is to give us a truer picture of what we really look like in our walk with Jesus. That's what it's all about. Basically, I taught you those lessons just so that you don't live a life of illusion. There's no point in that. I told you last week, I said the message was, this is a test. You know, this is only a test. But basically what it is, is not just the test. The fact that we had those things, you know, those emergency broadcast things that come on. It's not just so that we hear it. It's to stop and think about what is our plans for some emergency that could take place. So we have to be prepared. And you have to think long term. This is a test. But ultimately, someday it won't be a test. Things will change. So tonight I really want to speak to you about um, who it is that you are and where it is that you are and how our perspectives really in our lives can either be our, you know, victory or our undoing. It can have the biggest effect on you. And I want to read you out of Colossians 3.1, and it says, uh, it's out of the message translation, it says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life in Christ, then act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Instead, look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ, because that's where the action is. See things instead from his perspective. So the thing is, we're constantly supposed to start to represent and look more and more like Christ as we walk in our faith. It's not just going to be our perspective, it's going to be Christ's perspective. We're going to pick up his attitudes. You know, perspective is really all about a choice of your viewpoint. It's your choice how you see something. You know, sometimes you can have five, six people seeing the same exact thing, and people are going to have a different perspective. They're going to have a different idea of what they see. And basically, it's a capacity to view things in their true relationship or relative importance. And a lot of people are going to see things as they truly appear, and some people are going to see things maybe in a faulty view. Like I was saying, just with those roads in Grove, you know, right now they are a mess. They're a disaster, and uh, like I said, it's it's whiplash. <laughs> your your car, your undercarriage just about gets destroyed. Your steering and everything else. But I think it's crazy 
that even though those roads are so horribly bad, my thought at first was whether or not I was going to put up with it to get it better. You know, do I really want to put up with this? Do I really want to put up the, with the inconvenience or the discomforts to have them fixed? And like I said, we do the same things in our own lives. You know, a lot of times we need to change certain things about ourselves, but yet we don't because we don't really want to go through the trouble. It's just a whole lot easier just to be where we are. You know, a lot of times it's going to take a lot more work. And because of that work, we kind of get a little fearful and we just think, you know, I'm just going to plot on the same path I want. It's just easier to be where I'm at than it is to change. You know, there's a quote that, and I love this because I think this is so true and I've seen it in my own life. Um, People only change when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. A lot of people have that problem. People only change when the pain of staying the same is going to be greater than the pain of change. So sometimes, you know, we can get very comfort, you know, comfortable in our failures and flaws. And I really believe that because I believe that there are a lot of people, man, who it takes them forever just to yell uncle, you know, and let Jesus lead instead of uh, a lot of people just would like to let things be manipulated and maneuvered and, and basically deal with mediocrity instead of really the perfection or what God's plan is for your life instead. You know, God never promised us that everything was going to be easy. I've told you that so many times. I'm sure you guys could easily repeat that over and over again. This walk is not going to be easy. But throughout the Bible, you see that it never was. It truly isn't. Most disciples went through tough, tough times. But the thing is, even though God says God's word says it's not going to be easy, he never really wanted us to live a life of mediocrity either. He didn't want us to live this shallow, blasé life. His plan really is to live a life of abundance, to have joy, to have good things in our life. And God had a plan for Jesus, obviously, to travel and do the things he was called to do, and he knew it wasn't going to be easy, but he also has a call and a plan for each one of you to travel and do the things that you're called to do. You know, with the help of the Holy Spirit, man, we can accomplish way more than we ever thought possible. You know, sometimes we think it's going to be really difficult, and it is. But during those times, sometimes God will give us such great gifts and wonderful things that come with following after him. You know, I've always heard that if we can do something ourselves for God, basically if it's really easy, comes easy, then it probably wasn't even his plan. I believe that. (laughs) You know, God is in the business, really, of keeping us challenged and hungry to do bigger, more, do different things. You know, it's just the way he works. I think because of the fact that he really wants to, us to rely on him and see it through. It's not just that we can do it ourselves in our own nature that I can handle something. It's the fact that I have to rely on him to help me to do this job. And a lot of times, like I said, though, we don't see where it is that God wants us to go. I think it's probably not as complicated sometimes as we make it. I was just telling actually a couple people lately that I really think what I believe that I think God has for us is We borrow trouble. We think too many steps ahead, too many days ahead, and God just says, just think about today. Just do those things that matter today. Seek me today. Do the things that are going to be good for you and your faith today. And then tomorrow, maybe things will be more more clear. Sometimes we just have to get through a day, and we have to work it out. Um, I think over these past few weeks, I've been trying to really get get you to see yourself truthfully to really understand who you are 
you know, where you really are in your faith and, and truly not to be naive because I think that a lot of times, you know, we, people keep continually coming to church and they think that they're believers, they think that they're followers. And I'm trying to explain to you that if you're not doing some of these things, you really maybe aren't. You really aren't. You have to see for yourself who you truly are. And you have to look in that mirror and see that if you really do truly believe in these things. You have to see where it is that God really wants you to go in your faith. Because I don't think he wants us to stay stagnant. I think he wants us to find something and move towards it. You know, like I said, that statement I said a little bit a while back, I said where you see yourself and how you see yourself has a huge effect on who you ultimately will become someday. You have to get a vision. You have to get a vision for who you are yourself. You know, people can have great intentions to do great things for you in your life. They could want what's great. Your parents could say, I mean, I want you to be this. Teachers could be telling you wonderful things, but if you yourself don't get a vision for what you're supposed to do and you don't start to put that in your own heart, you're going nowhere. Nowhere fast. You know, God gave me a vision of who I was over the time that I gave my life to him. And I'm going to tell you, I'm sure just like some of you's out there, I really thought for years that I had no value. No value at all. I didn't see any value with what I was doing. didn't see any value for who I was as a person. You know, there's a lot of people that are hit and miss, don't know all the, the past stories, but of dealing with years and years of abuse, um, families with a lot of uh, physical abuse, sexual abuse, growing up in a lifestyle of that, you know, I really thought I had no value. But God started to open this door and showed me that I had so much more value than I ever, ever realized. You know, he took away this thought that I had no value, and he basically showed me that I was not only valuable, but I was worth his son's life. That's what's amazing. I mean, so worth it that he would send his son to die for me. For me. That's how it was. You know, I might have looked at my life and all I saw was sin and worthlessness, but God saw forgiveness and worthiness. That's how he works. You know, I saw pain in my past. He gives me a bright future. That's how he works. I love the scripture, Beauty for Ashes. Man, I'll tell you, if I can say anything about my life, I look at that all the time and say, man, Beauty for Ashes, it is my life. And I believe that man with all my heart. I'm going to show you really quick a video of a dandelion. I know that sounds so bizarre. I am a gardener at heart. But I just want you to watch this dandelion, okay? It's in... Uh, Time-lapse. Just pay attention to it. So you got the dandelion open up at the end. You know, I kind of ran across this, and the reason, I was, the reason why I wanted to show it to you is because, you know, the dandelion is basically considered what? It's a weed. If you look at it, people think it doesn't have any value. But you know what? If you look close at a dandelion, you see that it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful weed. And, uh, you know, people are always trying to kill them. They're always trying to spray, get rid of them, pull them out. Most of us run around at some point, and we pick them. Tie them together, 
or we peel them apart. We do all these different things to destroy them. You know, the thing is, but God uses them. God uses them. It's like one of those things that we don't like, but you know what? God had a plan for them. That's why they're here. You know, like the dandelions. God let me die to myself, and he basically gave me a different future. You know, if you look at who I was, it might not have been worth much, just like a dandelion. You know, whereas the world might see it doesn't have much value, but you know what? God saw the value. God saw what it was worth. He saw beauty in it. And then what's so awesome about God you know, is where we look at this beautiful yellow flower and we think, such a pretty color, soft. You ever look at a dandelion, you feel it, it's so soft. And you think how it's so pretty. But what's amazing about a dandelion is the change in the metamorphosis it goes through as it dies. That was a week of time lapse. The beautiful flower, all of a sudden it shrinks back, it dies, and you think it's dead. There's nothing left. And then you realize, nope. All of a sudden it opens back up, and not only is it a beautiful flower, but it's got another whole beautiful exterior, and then it takes off and it flies away, and it sends out many, many more, doesn't it? That's why people are always trying to kill them. All those little things were seeds going everywhere. The reason why I wanted to mention that to you, and the reason really why I wanted to think about it is because um, tonight's going to be a little different. I want to explain to you that um, I want you to have a vision for yourself, but I also want to explain to you my vision. Um, as some of you have just come in for the first time tonight, I, we really welcome you, but I want you to understand that um, I'm making an announcement tonight that actually I'm no longer going to be the youth pastor. At the end of June, I'll be done, or actually June 17th, and um, God had something different for me. And so there's a different vision that God has given me I've been trying to explain to you that God will put something in our hearts sometimes. I think some of you guys know me enough that you know I wouldn't leave this if it wasn't true. I've done youth ministry here for seven years. Love it. Um, some of the people who've been here come back. Now they're in the college ministry. I mean, they started here when they're 12, 13 years old. So they've been here for a long time. And... Uh, it, I wouldn't go if it wasn't something that God wanted for me. So I do think that God has a different vision, a different plan. And, you know, the thing is, sometimes we think something's dead. You know, you look at a dandelion, you see the beautiful flower it is, and it dies, and you think it's got nothing else left. And then all of a sudden, it's, whew, and it takes off, and there's so much more. I really think that's what God has for me. I really do. I look at this idea of what God has planned, and I think what it is is there's a vision of Plant seeds, more seeds, kind of taking the message of Christ. Now, I don't say that to ever say that this is not a valuable situation where I'm at and thinking that I couldn't reach many, many people. I have. We've had an opportunity with God has given us so much to do this. People coming, people leaving, getting to meet people. There's people I still have relationships on, you know, CYM that don't come no more. They're really too old, but they still... Even people who come left because they didn't understand what we're doing will still contact me years later and say, hey, I just wanted to let you know, Deb, that I love you and I really, you know, can you help me through this problem? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, what do you need? I'll, I'll email you. We'll talk. You know, you need something. I really just want to explain to you that um, me leaving is 
I will no longer be a youth pastor here. I'll always be your friend. And I'm going to be your friend. And uh, the thing is, it doesn't change that. It doesn't change that. There's going to be, you know, Pastor John Kelly, who's doing our uh, children's ministry, he's actually going to be the youth pastor uh, starting June 24th. And Pastor John will be up here, and uh, he'll be leading, and it'll be a lot of the same people. Nothing's going to change that much. So the thing is with CYM, when we started years ago, you know, it was basically a vision to get people to understand, young people to understand, like I've always tell you over and over and over again, that if you read God's word, how many times does God use young people? So the thing is, I'm trying to give you guys a vision. But I also want to tell you, Paul was a little older when he got called on that road. I was a little older when I come to Christ, and I'm not done yet. You know what? I might not do this ministry, but I have ministry. And I would never, ever walk away from what Christ has for me. You know, God has a vision. And because of the vision that he puts in people's hearts, he sometimes closes one door and opens another. And I just want, really want you to understand that, that um, God is moving different things around. But the thing is, if we just hold tight to him, that's the biggest, most important part. A little bittersweet. A little bittersweet because there's probably some people that I, you know, even Sam, she says, I'm going to ask my brother to come. I'm like, you know what, I probably, hopefully he will come and I will get to meet him before the 17th and I will get to say hi to him. And uh, some of the things are changing, though. So, you know, I'm here for you guys. If you want to, you know, ask any questions, I'm here for you. But next week, um, Pastor John Kelly will be up here to kind of, like, pay attention, watch some of the things, how they go. His plan is really to come in, not to completely dismantle, change everything. He just really wants to see how things go and get a idea and a vision for himself, what he wants to do. You know, the thing is, it's hard to walk in in a ministry that's already kind of going because you feel like, okay, if you change something, people aren't going to like it. If you don't, you know, do something, you know, there's always this thing. But I really want you to support him. I want you to give him support. I want you to really understand that he's going to be coming in. He wants to do the best job possible, you know. John's walking in, and he's going to try to do everything he can to be there for you guys and to help you. Um, there is a different path for me to walk. And there is something, though, that God really specifically wants you to do. You know, when you're coming here, if you've come here for a while, you know what, your job is to stay here and to be a person that can really show leadership to the next generations of people. We've worked really hard to get CYM to be a, a place really of ministry that's effective. And uh, I know there is lots of you guys that you don't go to church or you go to church someplace else, and we've always just wanted to be community for you guys, a place where you can come in and you can be, you know, believers and just understand and know the truth of what God has for you. And uh, that's not going to change. That's not going to change. Chosen Youth Ministries was a vision, really, that started before me. I was trying to explain that to a couple people already. The people who've been in the leadership team for a long time have already known that. Um, Chosen Youth Ministries was a, a name that was given by a lady a youth pastor that was a couple before me. You know, she had a vision of what the name was supposed to be, and she challenged the young people. And at that time, there was very few people. She challenged them and would tell them all the time, wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be great if we could tear out these walls and someday we could have 40, 50 people here? And it seemed unattainable. 
And, you know, the thing is with God, it's like he just gives a vision and then he starts to make it come to life if there's people who are seeking wholeheartedly to see it happen. And there was passion in those people to see it happen. And so that's what happened. Now it's like we would think nothing of 50-some people. We think, well, 50-some people, that ain't that much. Well, it was then when there's 8 and 10 people. So the thing is, God has a greater vision even now. This is not enough. This is not it. God always gives a bigger vision. You know, and he wants us to have great vision. Because if we don't, we're just going to lose it. We're going to get stagnant. We're going to get very blah about life. So he wants us to have a stronger, bigger plan all the time, to really be hungry to see it happen happen and take place. So I really want each one of you to understand that I leave with a heavy heart. It's going to be hard. It's going to be very difficult, seven years of my life, to be here. But I have to really trust, and I've said this to Pastor Steve, and I've said this to other people, I really, truly believe that as much as I love CYM, and I think this is the most wonderful thing that's ever been in my life, that God has to have something utterly amazing for me if he wants me to walk away from it. And I really think that's really the truth. So each one of you guys, I want to end it with the idea that God obviously has a vision for each one of you too. You know, vision isn't just for one person. If you want it, you got it. You seek God, you start to serve him, you start to passionately seek him, he's going to start revealing more and more and more that he specifically wants you to accomplish and you to do in your life. You know, sometimes, man, there is, in the midst of trouble, sometimes we just don't have perspective. You know, we sometimes think that, you know, man, it ain't going to make it, we're not going to make it. Right now, I know you may be absorbing all this and you're thinking, okay, you know, this is going to be tough to take. But, you know, the thing is, one day at a time, you just start to serve God. One day at a time. You do what's necessary today. God will start to reveal more and more of a vision and a future for you. And also for CYM and everything that John has to do. So I just really want to tell you that. I love you guys. You know I do. Hopefully you understand. It's never been fake. It's never been phony. <laughs> I won't give you a hug and tell you I love you if I don't mean it. And uh, I really, really do appreciate um, being able to have this. I'm going to be here next week. I'm going to be here the following week. Later, then there's going to be somebody who is there is going to be a speaker. It's Paul Heinzman, the district youth director of uh, the state of Illinois. And then um, the 17th, you're all welcome to come back. We're going to have a little get-together. And that'll be my last night on the 17th. So you're all welcome to come back for that. And uh, then John will take over, Pastor John will take over on the 24th. So anyway, just want to tell you I do care about you guys, and God has a great future for all of us, each one of us. And uh, I'm sure he'll start to reveal it a little bit by bit as we seek him. So thank you for coming. Thank you for coming tonight. If it's your first night, thank you for coming, and kind of a downer night. To get, to get an announcement like that, you're like, well, this is kind of a downer. Um, but, you know, the time is always going <laughs> probably going to be the best. But uh, I just honestly stick around for theater tonight. We have uh, popcorn, soda, candy, um, Brady Bunch. What's not good about that? So uh, anyway, thanks for coming. Uh, stick around and uh, hang out and have a good time, all right? Thanks. Thanks.